0: Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a the pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. come nothing. This is the show where we pick a pilot episode of a TV series and watch it and discuss it and dissect it a little and just generally have some fun talking about it. Each week, one of us uh, takes a turn picking an episode to talk about. This week was my week to pick. And I picked Marvel's Runaways, which is a Hulu original based on a the Marvel comic of the same name that originally came out in 2003. So a little bit of history for you there.
1: Okay.
0: I think I, I think I did mention to you that th- this was based on a Marvel comic or you, or you knew that sort of kind of
1: I guess you told me. I mean, I knew it was Marvel from seeing the the commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. But I didn't didn't really know that it was like newer, like 2003. To me, that's you know, kind mm-hmm. of newer for
0: it is, but but then when you think of that, it's like 15 you know, that's oh, 15 sure. years ago, it, right? It, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. In fact, in a sense, this is a weird one to watch because I guess I kind of had an unfair advantage in that I actually did read. Runaways, the comic when it came out, you know I was interested in in the, that they were making a television version of it. You know, usually I watch all the comic book TV shows that come out. This was the one that I, I actually, for some reason, hadn't gotten to yet. I don't know why. I guess maybe just because there's already so many like so much stuff that. We watch together, and then I watch separately. And you know, we watch stuff for the podcast. It was one of those shows that I was just kind of keeping in my back pocket, just thinking, "I'll get to it one of these days." And then I just thought, "Well, this would be this would be a good time to to do it." I, I think you know, last week's episode we did. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, which was a, another Hulu original, so I guess I was just kind of keeping with a the theme.
1: Hulu just, on the brain.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Hulu's um, like Netflix and Amazon. They, you know, they put out some pretty decent original content.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was I was interested to see what Hulu was going to do with this property, and pleasantly surprised with this first episode as as much as I know about it already going in they they did a lot with it that I that I I didn't know going in they 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 took some some liberties made some changes to the the story and some of the characters but not so much that it was off-putting or offensive to my my comic book nerd
1: sensibilities.
0: (laughs) So in in that respect, I I felt like I was watching something brand new, you know, as as, for as familiar as it was, a lot of it was brand new to me.
1: Okay. Well, I would say that everything was new to me. Yeah. (laughs) This, you know, unlike some of, um, Marvel's other properties, I know nothing about this one. So no prior experience, opinions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no expectations.
0: Okay. Well, just to, uh, I guess, give a, a brief synopsis of this this first episode, it, it follows a group of six teenagers, Alex, Nico, Carolina – Molly, Chase, and Gert, and they're all uh, they're all children of very very well to do parents. They're all in, in different uh, industries and different professions, but they're all very very well off. They all attend this private academy, and we learn that they were once kind of a close group of friends. Mostly because they are brought together because their parents are part of this, what we're led to believe is a a charitable organization called the Pride Foundation. So these kids have known each other since they were, you know, since they could probably remember being together. They have since grown apart. We find out that they're, we don't find out specifically what happened, but there is a kind of a, a tragedy that happened that we don't see it it happened prior to this episode that kind of fractured the group they come together at the end of the episode to kind of reconcile and then they they see some stuff that they don't really know what to make of the kids get together at alex's house because all of the parents are meeting there they think it's a a meeting of the Pride Foundation through various circumstances they see their parents in a very odd situation and that's kind of and it it kind of ends on a uh, I wouldn't say a cliffhanger but it but the way it ends is pretty pretty interesting
1: you're like part way into the episode well at least it took me part way into the episode to realize the connection between these friends. Wasn't just they all went to school together and mm-hmm. whatever. It's the the parents were really the the connection. So you kind of start to see small interactions between the parents, and and I realized you know the parents are the reason that these kids are all friends. Alex's parents, they're the ones that are hosting this event, mm-hmm. uh, pride charity. Meeting or whatever they're calling it. And I guess in the past, when they would do this, all the kids would come. So the kids were kind of used to, like, meeting at Alex's mm-hmm. house. The first thing that kind of made me think, like, what's going on here? Is when they showed all these robes. hmm And honestly, like, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't know what the heck to make of that. I was like, is this something weird or kinky or like, what, what is this? Why are their robes all like yeah, hanging all around a room? We find out later, we still don't, we're still not clear, you know, but we find out later it has to do with, you know, whatever this group is that they're calling themselves a charitable foundation. We don't really have a clear mm. understanding of what they're purpose is
0: right yeah we see the kids discover a essentially a a secret door and they follow this this they go through this door and it leads to kind of an underground room which one of the kids this is set in uh, los angeles and one of the kids even says you know no no houses in los angeles have basements like, this is more than just a basement or a wine cellar. This, There's something going on here. And the kids see their parents in the the center of this uh, chamber, this very old-looking chamber. They're all wearing the, the robes, these kind of deep red robes, and they all look like cult members, and they essentially... We don't exactly un, understand what's going on in this... At, but they, they essentially sacrificed this young girl, the, the same young girl that we saw in the very beginning of the episode, who was like a runaway. hmm She was on the streets, and she was picked up by what you thought was um, these nice people from this church. It turns out it's the church that Carolina's parents run. It was the same church. hmm so now you're you know you're starting to put pieces together where it's like okay the the parents or the pride it it's not a charitable foundation it's some sort of cult or we don't know at this point in the episode what is going on but all the kids see their parents take part in this chilling ritual in which this young lady is put into this like a sarcophagi or something. Yeah,
1: it looked it looked like a very modern yeah like, casket or something. It wasn't just like a rectangular box made of like wood. Yeah, it almost
0: a, looked alien. Yeah. So I, I wonder if it's going to be some sort of alien creature, or you know, if the parents will turn out to be aliens. I don't know. Yeah. So the the, the kids are watching all this happen, and one of them has the the, you know, the, the parents don't know that they're watching, but one of the kids has the brilliant idea of trying to take a picture and sets off their flash. And then so that's kind of where it's where it ends. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought they did a lot of things well. It was a pretty decent portrayal of teenagers, although you kind of had all your, your teenage stereotypes going on. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't feel like it was over the top or you know they weren't like hitting you over the head with it or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I enjoyed it overall. I don't know what what did you think it, about it?
1: I felt like kind of what you said the portrayal of the teenagers was it was good. The thing that bring originally brought them all together was their parents. And it's funny because I've had I've been in situations like that. Like my parents and all their friends have kids. They automatically assume, well, all of our kids will want to be the best of friends. Mm -hmm. And there's some event at someone's house and all the kids are there. And what are you going to do? You can't really hang out with the parents. So you're going to hang out with these kids. And the more events you go to, the better you get to know these kids. And they are your friends. But then you go back to like quote regular life your school friends your friends from other activities or or whatever and I can you know we know that they sort of drifted apart because of a tragedy Mm -hmm. but at the same time I kind of thought yeah I could easily see them drifting apart because I don't know how to say it like there's a a closeness But it's only when you're together. Like there's some friendships that are like that.
0: It's not like it's... It wasn't something that happened organically. Right. It was like like manufactured...
1: And so they may truly like each other, care about each other, and be friends. But they have other pieces of their lives that maybe they're a little bit more invested in. Mm -hmm. So a different group of friends might go through a tragedy and still all those friendships remain intact. And that's not exactly what happened here. Um, So I kind of felt like, I get that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've I've definitely had that where you just get parked with those couple other kids who happen to be where you are. right? I guess the couple things that I sort of wondered about the tragedy that that split this group of friends apart was the death of one of their friends. Well, we get to the end of the episode and we see that we, I don't know what we're seeing, to be honest with you, all the parents and they're sacrificing a teenager. So then I kind of wondered, well, how did the, how did the girl die? How did the original, the friend Right, die. Amy. So was it a something perfectly normal or did the, did somehow she was the next person that had to be sacrificed or something? So that you know kind of wondering about that um, and then also there's two girls in the group of six friends who are I guess we could call them like adoptive sisters like the one girl, her parents adopted the other girl. hmm And the adopted girl is Molly. Yes. And Molly's kind of, like, having a rough day. Um, she's not feeling well. And in her pain, I guess, trying to, you know, deal with everything, she kind of... Realizes the, like a like a superhuman strength, like she literally bent a chair with her hand. Mm-hmm. She wasn't trying to do that. She didn't even know that she could do such a thing. But she she saw what she did. She knew what she did, and um, went home and tried to you know move things, and she couldn't until this van or or whatever it was like. Came off the. I don't know what you call those things that you yeah, use for like when you're working the, on your car to like raise the ramps. it up, like little yeah. ramp things. that started to. It would have crushed her, but she stopped it, and I. I guess maybe it was something to do with adrenaline, but like because both instances.
0: Yeah, or being hurt, she was under stress or right. under like a physical or emotional strain, and that's when her power kind of manifested.
1: Right. So, what I, what I noticed was there's six teenage friends. We only see powers from one of them and she happens to be like the adopted one. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but if you've got this quote church this and it looks like you know, it just looks too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like everybody looks gorgeous and beautiful, everything's white it's a and little too beautiful perfect. and yeah, everything's yeah. too perfect, and they're out there doing their charitable work and helping runaways, and, the, you know, the, the opening scene where the van pulls up and these two women are very nice to this this girl who's a little resistant, but, oh, just come along, and if you don't like it, you don't have to stay. And, you know, they open the van door, and I'm like, all right. I get it's L.A. It's a big city you're going to have more of everything. You've already got a full van. How many hours have you been driving around? <laughs> How many runaways are out there? Yeah. And so there's got to be 10 kids in this van. She she gets in the van. And anyways, when we later when we learned that Molly's adopted, I wondered was she picked up as a runaway or like I know she wasn't picked up as a runaway. She says her parents died, but yeah. was—is there something more to it? Like,
0: I wonder if maybe her parents died under, you know, maybe, maybe it looked like an accident or maybe something happened. But I wonder if the, the pride had something to do. Like maybe she, maybe they know that Molly has these powers. Right. So and they, they,
1: whether they killed the parents yeah, or
0: and then adopted her
1: the parents maybe did die in an accident but they intentionally adopted her to keep her, protect her, save her mm-hmm. for sacrifice like who knows whatever well, but she was the only one that had a power that we saw so far.
0: I think we saw No, we saw something from Carol Carolina at that party.
1: Oh, I just thought that she was on ecstasy or something.
0: The members well we it, they made it seem like she took it but when when Chase got her out of that house party and into like an Uber or whatever, she had she held that pill up and threw it out the window. So right. she never took it. Her power, what happened was she, so there's this bracelet that she wears that is kind of a symbol of her, of the church that she belongs to that her mother runs or her parents run. And she even, she says something early on, she's being interviewed as part like something for like a promotional something or other for the church and they asked her about the bracelet and I guess like I said it's a symbol and like you receive your bracelet upon whatever you, you know joining the church or she she says something like I I felt like I've been I've been wearing it since I was born in fact I can't ever remember taking my bracelet off and it wasn't she finally took her bracelet off at that party and that's when she started to see all these beautiful lights coming off of her arms and then she passed out and again we think it was probably drugs but i think it was the uh, like these it was the first manifestation of her powers that probably overloaded her and then when chase finds her and saves her from basically being gang raped at this party. By his friends. <laughs> By his friends. He puts the bracelet back on her and you see this kind of like flash of color light and then she snaps out of it. Just like that. So, so I think the bracelet was like this inhibitor keeping her powers in check.
1: I, I I knew something was up with the bracelet, but I I guess I still thought that she took the drugs.
0: I didn't, so I, that, that was my assumption too. You until, know,
1: so it was like either more, not a coincidence. Like clearly, there's something up with the bracelet. But I thought that part of it was because she yeah, had taken something.
0: I think that was just. So the, you're
1: probably right. Like she, she didn't actually take the pill.
0: Right. I think that, like I said, that was kind of just a misdirect by the. Got me. Yeah. <laughs> by whoever you know, by by the show's creators to make us think one thing. So, so far we've seen two people exhibit powers in this first episode.
1: So, that, that with two people, then I guess that would lead me to believe that all six of them are going to have powers. The name of the show is, is called Runaways, so is it more, is it about the fact that the church picks up Runaways to help them? Or are these six kids maybe just going to run away because they see that their parents are doing something yeah. awful? If,
0: from what I understand, from what I remember reading in the, the original comic, yes, they they discover the truth about their parents and decide they don't trust their parents, and they have to, they yeah, they basically have to go on the run. I don't re- really remember specific details, uh, again, as far as, What the Pride organization was in the book, even if I did, it's very possible that they would change it up anyways. Because there were a lot of changes from the comic to the show that I I could, I'll just go over real quick because I don't think they're really spoiling anything. First of all, so Amy was the friend who died, and I think I guess she was uh, Nico's sister. Mm -hmm. There was no Amy in the comic. Oh, yeah, there was no Amy the kids did not go to school together they got together periodically whenever their parents did so whether it was once a year or once every 6 months whatever they just that's all, that's the only time they saw each other so in the comic there was definitely more of a awkwardness because these kids really didn't know each other that well
1: they they it sort like, of run with in school they run with different social groups right and so that
0: but they still talk with each other even if it's you know ugly intense they still know each other right yeah in in the book they don't they they barely know each other um other than like i said the the few times they get together molly's parents were not dead so there were six pairs of parents Mm. in the in the book there there were probably a few reasons for making her adopted in the show, I feel like part of it it was just um, kind of a practical reason, like to have two less characters or, or have to figure out to you know two two less people in this group because mm-hmm. twelve people that, that that's a lot of characters to keep track of. Yeah, you know I, I thought they did a pretty good job of making all the parents very individual. Like, making them distinct from each other. Yeah. You know, you had Alex's parents, which were, you know, this this African-American couple. Nico's parents are this, um, they're like the uh, Asian techie couple. Gert's parents slash Molly's adoptive parents are this kind of um, hippie couple. And then you've got Carolina's parents, who are the, uh, they run the church, but all the parents are they're distinct from each other visually, and they each have it, it's like it's like very strategic the way because you know um, okay. uh, Alex's dad is in real estate, Alex's mom is a lawyer. Um, Carolina's parents have the kind of they've cover, they're covering the religion aspect. Uh, you get the the feeling that Gert's parents are into like science. Like, they, like, or biology.
1: What's with the... There's something was going on... The home zoo.
0: Yeah, something was going on in in their basement with all the animals. So, they've got the, like, biological corner taken care of. Nico's parents were technology. We don't really know what Chase's parents, what their deal is. I
1: don't know what they said.
0: But anyways, but it it feels like, like, it's, it's like there's a purpose for everything. It's like nothing is just happenstance. It's like this group of people. There's, uh, there is purpose behind there's like
1: a their, reason for each of them within yes. their organization. Yes,
0: and and it's like their organization is probably more powerful than we could than we've even been led to believe because we've seen very little of them as a group until like the, like I said the the end of we saw a little bit of them kind of socializing having some drinks, it looked very normal, and then. We see them all in these, like, blood-red cult robes.
1: It, it was, like, normal, but also kind of a little bit, like, stiff. Like, when they were still in the, the kitchen well, before they went to this basement hidden area. Yeah, like, they're they not were really... chatting, and they were toasting a couple of times. But it even seemed a little bit forced, almost like... They wouldn't really be friends or associate with each other if it wasn't for – Yeah. well, it's not a charity. We don't know what it is. Right. But whatever this reason is, they don't – these are not people that naturally gravitate towards each other necessarily. The only thing they all have in common is that they all have money.
0: Right. None but, of them are particularly uh, – they're all cordial to each other. Uh, bordering on cold
1: <laughs> and, and awkward
0: yeah there's there's it's it's not a friendship
1: there's and no... I feel like they socialized in the kitchen not that Alex or the other kids were really paying attention to it but almost to just to make it look like everything's normal we're just we're just five grown-ups hanging out drinking some wine and chatting mm-hmm. but it, it was a little bit weird you know like there was like the the guy i don't know the actor's name but who i recognize from alias tries to make a joke with alex's dad and it doesn't go over well and like when you know someone well you know how to joke with them yeah they're they clearly don't know each other very well they're they're Mm -hmm. not really friends yeah but i think the kids think that their parents are at least until that point, mm-hmm. thought their parents were all truly friends, even if it was just friends because they all because of the charity. This, quote, charity. I'm curious, like what what is this organization that they all want or need to be a part of, mm-hmm. and have been a part of? We could assume for at least. Years. I mean, since these are teenagers, yeah. these are these are kids in for high school, all, probably, and parents have been hanging out doing the quote charities. At since least they fifteen were. or sixteen, maybe. Yeah. So they've been doing this for a while, but they're still not true friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of curious to me, like what, what the heck are they yeah. doing? What's the
0: deal? What's the deal with the pride? <laughs> I want to know what the deal is with with this rich kid school that doesn't have any chairs for their students to sit in, that they all have these like tables that they're just standing at and they have a meditation center. Yeah. So (laughs) I want to go to this school.
1: We, we know right away that they all go to the same school and I've seen plenty, plenty of shows like this where it's set in like California, Arizona, whatever. Where they have a, quote, campus, and you walk outside to go from class to class, and their lockers mm-hmm. are outside, and I used to watch things like this and be like, oh, my gosh, I want to go to school there. Mm-hmm. Like, it just looks, you know, it looks cool. I just thought it was one of those schools, like public, yeah. until one of them, like, made a comment and about it being, like kind of an elite school. Mm-hmm. I did notice, I, I'm assuming that was homeroom, where yeah. Kurt was was talking to was everyone in the class, club. everyone yeah. had a standing desk, if you will, and there was even a sign on the wall about, like, not sitting down. Oh, or, like,
0: sitting is the new cancer or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I, thought, I, I looked at that, I was like, that's...
1: I, is it to keep, to force their attention, like, to keep them from slouching, getting sleepy, I don't know yeah that that was kind of odd. I'm not in the private school realm, but I'm gonna', mm-hmm. I'm gonna just step out and say that's not normal I yeah I've never heard I of mean this. I'm
0: sure there's a you know special disbelief to you know to be had with with this, but at the same time, I feel like schools like this, probably do exist uh, the ultra, like the ultra wealthy people selling their uh, sending their kids to
1: Well, I remember being young and a punishment could be having to stand if you fell asleep if you classic if you tipped back on the two legs of your chair mm-hmm. and it could be if you tipped back but also if you tipped back and fell <laughs> like tipped all the way over it like The teacher would make you say, oh, if you can't sit in a chair, right, you don't get a chair. And then as the, like, sort of new age of how things worked at school came about, you wouldn't dare take a child's chair. No matter how bad they were, no matter what they did, you would, like, never, ever take a chair. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I was a teacher for years. You just wouldn't do that. The principal would would not back you up on that. Like you'd be getting calls from parents. What do you mean my kid didn't have a chair? <laughs> and now here we are to believe that in an elite school where they're paying for their children to go to school, there they don't get a chair. I don't know. Maybe whatever. It's,
0: maybe it's just maybe room. it's just
1: minutia. Maybe it's like it was weird though. Yeah. No chair for you. <laughs> But didn't all the students, as they stood there... I mean, granted, it's homeroom. It's probably like, first thing. You're tired. But they all looked just desperate for a chair. I mean, they all were kind of like holding their heads up with their hand or kind of slouched a little bit or, you know, it's kind of like, get these kids a chair. Yeah, they
0: were all you. kind of a little miserable already. And actually, I don't think we saw... I don't think we there were any other scenes with any... With them in any classes to see if the, any any other,
1: yeah, I don't think there were other classes teams.
0: had chairs. The only
1: other stuff in school was like in the hallways or when mm-hmm. Molly was trying out for the, dance, the team dance team, and that was in like the gym. Yeah. Oh, and then the what did they call it? The herb,
0: the meditation. Meditation.
1: Center? I was going to say herbal. I don't know where I got that from. She
0: said, "Yeah, maybe meditation go to the meditation center, center or the well or she, or the nurse's office." Like so, I guess they have both. Well, aside from the uh, the awesomeness of the Atlas Academy, was there anything else <laughs> that that's, that uh, caught your eye?
1: You no, know, the only other thing I could really say, um, and especially because we talked about the discovery of powers, especially um, with Molly, was that Nico, was, you know, I don't know, she's probably going to have a power, and I don't know what her power is going to be, but she she seemed to be trying to speak to her dead sister or conjure her or something like it was she she has a certain look she looks a little a little goth little goth and i she's on the beach and she lit a fire and candles and was reading from this book and i was like oh is she like wiccan or something or i'm not sure where this is going and then she's trying to like she, she watched come many from episodes of charm yeah yeah um, and she was pretty pissed off because whatever she was trying to do, like, didn't work. So I wonder if she's, if her power is going to have anything to do with that. With, like, kinda being illegal. able to either speak to the dead, conjure spirits.
0: Like a black magic
1: something. type of thing. yeah. Just something I I kind of noticed. Like, they they kind of gave her the look and they gave her...
0: Well, know, yeah, like
1: kind of a stereotypically corresponding, you know, scene, if you will, where, like, oh, people that dress that way, of course they're going to be on the beach, like, you know, trying to get spirits to come out of the shadows. Yeah. That's how you spend a Friday night, so.
0: Or, you know, you hang out in a cemetery and listen to The Cure.
1: We've all done that, haven't we? <laughs> no?
0: Well, I, I think we, we brought it up earlier, but, yeah, they, they each kind of had their... Their stereotype, you know, we're introduced to Alex first, and he's kind of the, uh, kind of the, the nerd, kind of the the gamer, kind of a loner. Right. Nico, like we said, is the the goth. Chase is the jock, but it, he he had a nerdy side to him. I, I guess he and Alex used to hang out more, or do more, had more nerd stuff in common. Maybe before Chase found sports but they showed at uh, in homeroom Chase was looked like he was designing power glove or something on his iPad
1: Yeah and drawing Alex was something like oh you're still working on that or
0: Yeah Carolina is the she's the good girl she's the the cute like the perky blonde what did her mom call it the the millennial face of the, of church. the
1: church Yeah yeah
0: it's, it's her parents that that run the church and she's kind of got that wholesome look to her mm-hmm. Gert is the the purple-haired feminist slash activist slash hipster and then we've got molly who's her i guess we call it her adoptive sister i don't know they don't really say when she was adopted we don't know how long right. she's been with that family and other than her exhibiting that her her strength we don't really know a lot about her she's we get the idea that she's probably a, a couple years younger than the rest mm-hmm. because Gert's protective of her when um, when they're watching the Pride sacrifice that girl. And then she's also kind of doing her big sister thing. Like, she texts her and says, feed the feed the pets. Like, I won't be home yet. Feed the pets. And Molly says, you know, texts back, well, why do I have to do it? It's your turn. and Kurt just says, you know, just do it. Like that's, that's a, that's definitely like a big sister, little sister thing or, you mm-hmm. know, big sibling, little sibling thing. Like you just do it. Cause your big brother or big sister just says, just do it. They've been together long enough to have that kind of relationship. I feel like we'll get more of uh, Molly's story because we haven't really seen much of her in this episode. And I really feel like just saying like, Oh, my, my parents died in a fire a, that sounds awful, and B, it just it just sounds suspicious. Yeah. Given everything that we know now. I'm like, I don't think your parents just died in a fire. There's There was something behind that.
1: Yeah, and then it, you know, sometimes these things happen. People die in fires, leaving children behind. And then they go through the proper channels of social service, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they have family or whatever, but if not... This didn't sound. This isn't family, and it, I kind of got the vibe of not going through those channels. Just my parents signed the fire, so this family took me in.
0: Right. Well, or yeah. What are the odds that this particular family was able to get Molly, or did the pride manipulate the system right. because they could, uh, because they have, you know, aside again aside from the influence that they can exert with their Individual professions, who knows who they have, you know, who else might be part of the pride, right? Or who might be in their employ.
1: I mean, they could A lot very of well have known all along that there's something special about Molly, yeah, you know, like they didn't want to let her get away, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But she might be the character that I'm the most interested in right now because I'm actually kind of afraid for her because. By the end, you see the parents, and it's just like messed up. And you see this this girl who is exhibiting crazy, ridiculous strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just my gut is like I'm afraid that they're gonna want to sacrifice her, or yeah, is she next? That, that they snatched her up when she was younger for some horrible purpose, you know.
0: Well, that kind of leads me to. Uh, my next question or the the thing we we talk about next is having watched the first episode would you continue to watch this?
1: Um yeah, I, I probably would. I I mean I, I liked it. Right now I, I don't think I'm going to say I loved it, but I'm interested. Mhm. So yeah, I probably would keep going.
0: Okay. I I definitely would keep going. I'm I'm glad that you want to watch it because then we can watch it together. I was going to watch it either way. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I finally did get to see this. I guess the one weird thing is another reason maybe that I didn't jump on this right away is I've mentioned it probably once or twice on this show, but I'm a, I'm a big comic book nerd. Comic, you know, comic book talk is always on my radar, whether it's by, you know, Uh, social media or people that I talk to in real life or podcasts that I listen to. I I feel like I haven't heard anybody talk about this show. So I wouldn't say that necessarily worried me. Like you think, oh, no one's talking about how awesome it is. It must suck. I think it wasn't so much that as much as it was – because nobody was talking about it, it wasn't really on my radar. I just kept forgetting about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was really, I shouldn't say surprised, but I thought just everything about this show I thought was pretty good, from the the story to the acting. like I thought all the kids were good. I thought it was faithful to the comic like for the for the hardcore nerds. I thought it was faithful enough that the hardcore comic nerds would enjoy it. And the changes they made weren't offensive to you know for the hardcore nerds to be like oh well they changed that so I hate it I thought the production value was really good everything looked good like it didn't like nothing looked cheap or on a soundstage Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know everything looked really well put together overall I was I was pretty impressed with with this first episode so yeah I'm. I'm definitely want to keep watching. I was, like I said, I was very happy with with what I saw. So it's definitely one that I want to keep up with. Plus, it's only, you know, this first season is only ten episodes, and all ten are available.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's even more of a incentive to to watch. I don't know how I don't know how well it, it did or or is doing or. If it was, if it wrapped up after the the first season or if they left it open for a second season, I haven't heard if it was renewed. So that's something I'd be interested in, in finding out as well.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll check it out.
0: All right. So that's another one for us to watch.
1: Not enough time in the day, friends.
0: <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, uh, anything else before we that's close it up? That's for me. Okay. Well, just a little bit of housekeeping, just to let you know that you can you can find this episode and other episodes on our website, pilotseasontv.blogspot.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play. You can email us at pilotseasonpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just search for at Pilot Season TV. You'll find um stuff we post there for the episodes we watch and for, you know, other fun things that we just post in between. Next week's pick is Jens. I don't know if you've picked anything yet.
1: I have not. Okay. I mean, I That's I, fine. I had kind of like some things in my back pocket but haven't given it a thought in a while, so
0: Okay. No problem. Well, what we usually do is once we decide on a future show, we kind of tease that on social media, like I said, on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So you can keep an eye out for that, and that way you'll have an idea of what we're going to be watching and talking about if you want to follow along. Also, if you are so inclined, maybe... Visit iTunes and give us a rating and/or a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you like the show, if you hate the show, if you have a suggestion or a comment or a question, let us know. It um, you know helps us become better podcasters, and it also helps uh, new listeners find our show, which is <clears throat> which is pretty awesome. So I think we are done here. I think so. All right. So this has been Pi- the Pilot Season Podcast episode number 24. I'm Dan and I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time.